welcome to A Place to Fear God. I am Anwarewa Nomarim, and I want to talk about the subject, Raising a Christian Child. The principles of society and God's principles are kind of like oil and water, in the light of if they do not mix. However, parents have struggled to keep Christianity on one side and God on the other, if you read Matthew chapter 22, verse 21, because the world is becoming a bigger part of the lives of their children than God, of course, would have wanted it to be. People really don't want to have kids anymore because it's becoming increasingly difficult to raise them. That idea of do whatever you want, you decide how you want your future to be, is obviously what the world is advocating for. And parents try to raise their children according to that, only to find out that the children just become rebellious. They don't really care about their parents all that much, and they just don't see the reason to have them anymore, even though the Bible specifically said that children are a blessing, like in Psalm chapter 127, verse 3, in the New Living Translation, and other translations. But in this sermon, I think we should just examine what the Bible has said about raising Christian children, so that if we're parents who are Christians, and we want our children to be Christians, we can know how to raise our children properly, so that ultimately, the reason why God brought them into this world in the first place, apart from replenishing the earth, to help his purpose along, we as parents can fulfill such purposes. Now, the Bible has made us to know that there is a way parents should be raising their children. Parents don't just do it however they want. There are specific ways that are proper. If you look at Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, King Solomon had told us, Train up a child in the way he should go, so that when he is old, he will not depart from it. And in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, Paul was actually talking about this same topic. And there he said, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. But bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Note those two words, nurture and admonition. It means that there's a certain way that they're supposed to be raised. They're not supposed to be hammered on necessarily, but neither are supposed to be let like goats to do whatever they want. They're supposed to be guided in as they build and develop their ways of seeing the world. Hopefully, of course, in a spiritual light. And in order to really understand how parents should be raising their children, we have to first of all know what's required and what kind of traits or abilities should parents have in order to successfully raise a Christian child. And I'm just going to divide it into five parts. For one, parents need to have knowledge. What knowledge am I talking about? Knowledge of God. Knowledge about God's will. Essentially, what does he want for the world? Why has he brought kids into the world? What is happening in the world and how is God in control of all of that? Parents need to have a good understanding of this for a couple of reasons. Number one, they have to be able to pass such knowledge on to their children so that they can understand the world better. Because currently, children just come up the educational system in this world, built by political leaders, just raises them up to come and believe that God doesn't really exist or isn't really important. You just do whatever you want. And now it's becoming increasingly difficult for God to be able to use such ones to further his purpose. And that was why Moses 
advised the Israelites, God, of course, using Moses to tell the Israelites in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verses 6 and 7 that you have to further what I've told you, the Ten Commandments and other laws like that, so that you can worship me successfully. And in that place, he said, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thy heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou risest up, and when thou liest down. Deuteronomy chapter 6, and verses 6 and 7. All that this verse means is that we should constantly be talking about it. We should enjoy talking about it. It's something that you should gather the family to do, kind of. And obviously, that was what the Israelites were doing. And that's what Christians also should do in our time. And if you look at Timothy in 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verse 15, Paul had told him that, you know, you were raised in a family where the scriptures was prevalent and you understand that. And now, because of that, you have an opportunity to obtain salvation. Clearly proving that when you give knowledge to your kids, they can now use that to spiritually develop themselves and build a very steady and profitable relationship with God. Passing knowledge to your kids is also important so that they can use that to sort of build their own research. It's not that you're supposed to just give them everything that they're supposed to know and then they just live according to that. God is somebody who requires a lot of time to be figured out and parents are supposed to open their minds to God so that they can now make their own private study about God. And like I said, that's what's going to build that relationship that will allow them to endure persecution, temptations, and be able to live a very good, righteous life. Then, discipline and integrity is also very important. And here's why. In our time, the last days, children sort of help raise themselves up. Because parents don't really have at least many parents, don't really have the ability and the discipline to tell their children what to do. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 15, said by King Solomon, helps us understand that foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, not wisdom, righteousness. Sin is really what's there. Foolishness is what children are born into the world with. And parents have to be able, with discipline and integrity, to sort of take that out Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but that rod of correction will drive it far from him, as we see in that Proverbs chapter 22, verse 15. And that was why King Solomon told us in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7, that when a just man walks in his integrity, his children are blessed after him. What is that blessing? It refers to the fact that they will now understand how to worship God, and then, yes, God will bless them as a result. And in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 3, King Solomon also had occasion to say that the integrity of the upright shall guide them. Meaning that when kids understand who God is with the discipline of the parents, then they will be able to live in integrity to God's principles and they will be guided by living such a life. It's important we understand what all of this means. Then you also have to love your child. Now, this is probably one that you'll be like, I mean, of course I love my child. I brought him or her into the world, so it's almost obvious that I would. But we're not talking about the love that you would tell the child, oh, I love you, I love you, you praise the child or anything. No, we're talking about the love of deeds and truth. As John told his readers in 1 John chapter 3, verse 18, 
My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. That was what he said. And the Bible makes us to know that he that spareth his rod hateth the son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. As King Solomon said in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 24. Why did he say that? Because it's chastening that allows the child to understand foolishness and avoid it. We are supposed to avoid iniquity. If we read Proverbs chapter 4 and verses 14 and 15, and it is only that chastening that will allow the child to discern between good and evil. Many children in this world can't do that because discipline was not applied. When we are interested in the success of our trials, then we will chasten them because we know that that is going to lead to a good spiritual future. Then you also have to love God if you want to raise a Christian child. Because one common thing that you yourself might have noticed is that usually when parents raise up kids with, as in like when they're interested in something, then usually even if the kids don't follow up on that given professional interest, they'll at least have some idea or experience. For example, some of you might be engineers, some of you might teach math or something, and when you show really big interest in something, even if your kids might not pursue such things to the same level as you did, they will at least have some idea, like how if you're a carpenter, at least your son will understand how wood works. He'll be able to do some of those kinds of things, even if that does not provide food for his family and so on. But we have to understand, we are supposed to love God so that now our love is what our love for God is now what we pass towards our children. David the Psalmist had spoken about this in Psalm chapter 78, verse 4, where he excitedly told us that he was not going to hide God's loving kindness, his mercy from his children, because that was what he loved. That was what he believed in. So now that was what he was going to pass on to his children. That is why we have to love God. When we love God, that we're going to be able to bring our kids in that direction. And finally, we need patience. Remember, kids need time to develop themselves. They're not just people who maybe in three years' time, they understand the world so well and they know exactly what to do. No, they need time to be able to understand the chastening that you'd be giving them and then use that to be able to make good decisions. It's not just a scientific thing that their minds need time to develop. It's also a spiritual thing. They need time to be able to process that information for the Holy Spirit to come and guide that process because the Holy Spirit is what you need to be able to take interest in God's laws and eventually worship Him. If you read Romans chapter 8, verse 9 and other places. So kids need that time. And that was why St. Paul told us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14, that we're supposed to be patient with everyone, if we look at it in the New Living Translation. And if you look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 21, Paul also told us that parents are not supposed to be so harsh to their children, provoking them to frustration, to anger, to depression, and so on. No, they're supposed to be kind of patient with them teach them and guide them so that they can go set up their own future and live successful lives. I hope all of this makes sense so far because what I'm going to be saying next is going to be building on this. And what I want to say next is actually that a good example that we can follow concerning good parenting is God. Because remember, 
God is our Heavenly Father. We pray to Him. If you look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, the prayer starts with Heavenly Father, our Father, because God is our parent. And He acts like a responsible parent. If you look at Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 5, Moses told the Israelites, Thou shalt also consider in thine hearts that, as a man chasteneth his son, so the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. See also Proverbs chapter 3 and verses 11 and 12, and Hebrews chapter 12 from verses 5 to 11, where it talks about how chastening may be grievous at the beginning because, you know, you just don't want to have to go through that discipline. But it's that chastening that will make you stronger. That will, as St. Paul likes to say, change you from just drinking milk to being able to actually consume strong meat. He would say that from time to time because that is, of course, how everything works. And that is what parents are supposed to be doing to their children. And God, of course, does the same. If you look at 2 Samuel chapter 11, all the way to chapter 19, David sinned by committing adultery with Bathsheba, and you can see how God guided him with chastening. He allowed Shimei to throw rocks at him, he turned his family or house upside down, he had to flee and stuff. There was so much shame in that, but that was chastening because if you look at who David became later, it was better and greater than who he was before. God is that kind of parent, and he wants us as humanity as a whole to be able to become refined and better in the future. So that Isaiah chapter 13 verse 12 may fulfill that we will be more precious than gold, even than the golden wedge of offer, as that Isaiah chapter 13 verse 12 states. But we have to understand, why should you even bother doing anything that I've just told you right now? Number one, children have to be able to overcome Satan the devil. And it's only good parenting that will not only teach who Satan the devil is, but give them that knowledge and strength to be able to see Satan the devil 10 kilometers away like a good trained eagle and be able to resist him. If you read James chapter 4 verse 7, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Satan the devil is somebody who is a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. If you read 1 Peter chapter 5 and verses 8 and 9. And because of that, he looks for those kinds of children who don't really know what they're doing, and he now uses them to forward his purpose. But I know you probably don't want your children to be like that, and that's great, which is why we have to be able to educate them about God and Satan the devil and how Satan the devil's traps can be avoided. It is only with good wisdom and training that they will be able to see him and avoid him. Another reason why it's important for good parenting to be given to children is that they need to understand what the world is doing and not fall in love with it. John the Apostle made us to know in 1 John chapter 2 from verses 15 to 17 that the world is not something that we should be loving because God and the world cannot be loved at the same time. And in that place he stated, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not to him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. That is what First John chapter 2, from verses 15 to 17 says. And if you look at James chapter 4, verse 4, it says something similar. If you're a friend of the world, you're an enemy of God. But obviously, of course, it works vice versa. 
wrong. We're not supposed to fall in love with the world. And the only way children can understand that is for parents to tell them that political leaders and what they're doing and everything like that is not to be loved. It is for a purpose. And that purpose was talked about in places such as Revelation chapter 17 and verses 16 and 17. It's to remove that spirituality that was not only in alliance with political leaders, but did not represent what God wanted. But of course, that's a topic for a whole another day. We actually have other videos in our channel which I've talked about that in much more detail. But children, of course, have to understand what that is and not love the world as a result. Then, good parenting is beneficial to a Christian child because they can have a chance at salvation once they understand who God is and what his purpose is. I will once again reference what Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. The wisdom that he would that he was raised up in as a child with the scriptures allowed him to be wise unto salvation. Every kid can be in the state of Timothy if, of course, they're raised with good parenting. And once again, that good parenting is being taught about the word of God, them understanding who God is what his will is, and how that contrasts with Satan, the devil. And finally, it is important because children have to be useful to God. God doesn't just bring children into this world so that they can do whatever they want. He is a jealous God, if we're in Exodus chapter 20, verse 5. So he is not bringing children into the world so that they can go serve Satan, the devil, which is generally loving the world and stuff like that. No, he brings them in so that they can worship him, if we're in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 21. And that's what every father would want for themselves anyway. And because of that, parents are supposed to raise their children so that they understand what God's will is. And they're, they have the courage to contribute to it. They want to participate. And what is that participation? Well, because we live in a world of iniquity, if you read Matthew chapter 24, verse 12, it has to do with enduring persecution. Because persecution is inevitable as a Christian, if we read 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. And David the Psalmist had occasion to speak about this in Psalms chapter 59, verse 3, where he said, For lo, they lie in wait for my soul. The mighty are gathered against me, not for my transgression, nor for my sin, O Lord. He made us to know that he was innocent, because he did not sin against God, and uh, neither against man either. But of course, because of the evil society he was in, Nothing was going the way it should have gone. And I actually want to reference Abraham because Abraham was actually a really good parent. If we look at Genesis chapter 18 verse 19, God himself reminded himself that I know Abraham because he is going to raise his children according to my will. They're going to keep my laws to do justice and judgment so that I can fulfill what I have spoken of him. It's one thing for maybe Sarah to be saying that, but God himself to utter such a statement as high as he is means that Abraham was really doing his job. And if you look at that, if you look at Isaac, the way he was, he believed in the plan and he passed it on to Jacob. He believed in the plan. And Joseph, in fact, reminded the people who were going to bury him in Genesis chapter 50, verse 24, that I died. But this plan that God told Abraham, our father is going to go on and eventually it is going to be fulfilled. Four generations, remember, for Abraham to do the work to, in a sense, assure that means that he was a good parent. And he is an example that all parents in this world who want to raise Christian children 
should follow. I hope everything that I have just said makes sense to you and can help you raise proper Christian children. In this world, even the Bible talked about it, children are becoming more rebellious, more independent in their homes, as in like they don't want to listen to their parents anymore because they think they have the better say. If we read Isaiah chapter 3 verse 4 verse 12 and 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 2. And parents are just not wanting to raise kids anymore because, I mean, they're not profitable. And I know that this is a very horrible situation for anybody to be in. But, as I've just discussed, the Bible clearly outlines how parenting should be done. And I can guarantee you that when it's done like that, peace will and that is where I think I can stop on discussing the subject, raising a Christian child. To conclude this episode, let's hear a tune that some of us might enjoy. I just want to remind you all that recovering a child from them being rebellious is really hard. It is not something that is a very easy thing to do, and trying times will come. However, I just want to let you know that it is very good and profitable to be hopeful, to pray to God about it, talk to Him about it, because He has the ability to change hearts, and eventually, with patience and endurance, they will eventually come around and be children that you would want them to be. If you look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 14, Peter the Apostle had told us, If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the Spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. And in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 17, King Solomon told us that sons and daughters, children generally, even though it might be hard at first, they will be delights to our soul. Correct thy son, and he shall give thee rest. Yea, he shall give delight unto thy soul. Have a great day, and God bless you. Oh, one more thing. If you like what you heard today, feel free to share a message at https colon double slash anchor.fm slash it pays to fear God slash message. Once again, that's https colon double slash anchor.fm slash it pays to fear God slash message. Hope to hear your wonderful feedback.